Okay, now it's a... <laughs> uh, okay, so like fifth time's the charm? Man, now I gotta pee. All this excitement. Now... <laughs> Welcome to the Shit We Don't Tell Mom podcast. This is Christy. And this is Angie. And we're here to chat about the uncomfortable shit we secretly want to talk about as Asian millennials. What are we talking about today? I think we're going to talk about adult friendships. Adult friendships. I guess there's two different ways to see it. One is like friendships that you make when you've become an adult. So you know, after school, basically, because a lot of our younger childhood friends are from school or maybe part-time jobs or something like that. But adult, adulthood, I would say it's like, I don't know, maybe like 25 and beyond. That's what I was thinking. I was like, making friends (laughs) beyond 25. I thought that was just an arbitrary number, but apparently we agree. So great. Well, I mean, it's like the midway point of your 20s, right? So when you think of, or when you think of, I don't know what you think of when I think of my 20s. I think like, you know, young 20s and then there's like late 20s. There's a bit of a difference. Yes. In terms of where you're at in your perspective in life and stage of life. Right. So yes, your young 20s, there's a high chance that you may still be in school or you're just not you may not have leveled up in adulthood in a, to a certain level, right? So I don't know. Your exposure to, to people may still be <laughs> Your same. exposure to the reality of life. And this is obviously <laughs> like the median 25-year-old. We're median. generalizing. <laughs> we are absolutely generalizing. Plus, we're basing it off of our own experience. Also, like the research says that a person. Oh, now you're pulling in the research. I love it. Well, because now I'm thinking, like, our brains become fully developed when we're around the age of 26. So, yeah, making friends after you're 25 or just maintaining friendships while you're an adult. Mm. I think those are two pretty different things Mm -hmm. that overlap and kind of go under the umbrella of adult friendships. All right, let's 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 talk about both. I think we need to get more fundamental than that. I think we need to define Okay. Okay. Define friend because I feel like the degree of how close someone is to someone else might vary. Like the degree of closeness for what you would categorize somebody as a friend varies from person to person. Okay, that's fair. And I feel like at least for when I was younger – if I knew somebody and we weren't like enemies in blood, then they were a friend. I thought everybody was a friend because why not? And it was only until I got older that I was like, oh, no, not everybody is a friend. Just because they are friendly with you or you are friendly with them doesn't mean that they're a friend. Mm. Okay, so how would you define a friend? <sighs> I think this is just a tough topic because... I don't know. Friendship, 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 friendship. Okay. So (laughs) like if I see if a stranger on the street, you know, is friendly and we're chatting, I wouldn't consider that person a friend yet. So 
so then what does constitute a friend how do you level up from friend like to become a friend and what is the hierarchy of these relationship statuses you know like how i'm envisioning this is like you got your bff and that's like the top of the pyramid and then you have your friend and then you have your i don't know co-workers and then slash colleagues and then you have like acquaintances and then you just have like people that you know who are a decent human being Hmm. and then there's people that you're just like i would prefer not to hang out with you know like that's how i'm envisioning the the ladder right now so you know what's funny you're envisioning a ladder and i'm envisioning a circle and like cool i like that so much better because i really got disgusted with myself when i'm like ew why are we like getting all hierarchical about this like we gotta break well, the ladder. <laughs> well, it's still kind of hierarchical, but instead of a hierarchy that's up and down, it's inside out. So I feel like if you think of a circle or a circular shape of some sort, and you're in the center of it, because that's your world, right? Oh, like we, yeah, like okay. we are in the center of our own little circle. Okay, that's- rings. You're thinking about like rings that expand yes. outwards. Okay, that's right. When you said circle. Okay, this is how I imagined it, okay? Love that we're on a podcast and we're trying to explain things visually. (laughs) (laughs) How I imagined a circle was like, you have, everybody's on the same ring. You mean like those pictures where somebody, where there's a photo of the earth and everybody's holding hands? Yes! (laughs) Yes, that's exactly. And I'm like, wow, that's so beautiful, Angie. Please tell me more of how how my acquaintance is going to hold hands with my BFF. Yeah, no, the world is not like that. Cartoons and whatever stuff have made us think that, oh, everybody hold hands around the entire world, whatever. No, absolutely not. Whereas (laughs) I'm thinking of rings and maybe even like a cone, you know, but but I don't like to think I don't want there to be an up and down structure. It's more like closeness. So obviously... Within the first ring, you have people like your family, if you're close to them, your friends, like people who you would confide in if something was bothering you. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the true definition of a friendship. Oh, wow. I just said I didn't know. But now I'm saying that maybe I do know. Maybe it's something to do with the fact that you can share both misery and joy with them. Okay. I like that as a like defining feature or one of its defining features of friendship yeah friendships these friendships are like the ones you know that if something that happens or if you fucked up that you can have an honest conversation and they'll accept like hey you're my friend but you're also flawed like nobody's perfect kind of thing and within oh, those circles hold on so it's having the other person call out your shit that's what you yeah mean. Well, I was thinking like me feeling comfortable and telling you when I'm feeling shitty. No, that too. Like everything. Like you, like when you're feeling shitty about, yeah, it's reciprocal. You tell them you're feeling shitty about something else. They can talk to you about it. They can also confront you if need it be. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's boundaries, obviously, but then there, you don't need to put on like fake decorum. Mm -hmm. Yep. So maybe the next ring, it's like people that you like spending time with or you really like them or you have common interest so you'll share joy with them like some type of a joy with them but you might not confide in them you might not 
have those more difficult conversations. You might not have discussion about politics or anything like that, unless that's one of your hobbies and that's what you're sharing about. But it it, it kind of comes down to like those are the people that you reserve either common interest or something to share joy with. Like you would not say things that might disturb the peace or disturb that joy. Correct. Whether it be politics or religion or whatever it is that you find that you might think could disturb that joy that you have with this other person. So you would only talk about like happy fun things or like do happy fun things with them. That's right. And then of course, then beyond that, there's even more another ring like colleagues that you're like, you you work with them, but you it doesn't really go beyond that or like relatives in the same manner like you'll see them at reunions but it's not like you would talk to them outside of those situations so surface I feel like level yeah it's very surface level and then like strangers whatever right like or like yeah. people you've met once acquainted stuff like that and I feel like between each ring is a barrier of vulnerability look at you look at you go <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have like a whole theory constructed about adult friendships and you're only you know unearthing this theory it's like innate in you and you didn't even realize it and now as we're talking about it it's all coming out yeah it, that's exactly like I I was like wow I didn't realize I had such a good analogy but as I'm talking it's like coming to my head because you know like I think in very abstract terms um so sometimes it's hard for me to like relay exactly what I'm thinking of or what my mind is doing but this essentially yeah there's a wall uh, of vulnerability so even this image that I'm thinking of where it originally started as a circle and then it became rings and now it's rings but 3d <laughs> yes there's like membranes between these rings and you gotta like cross this membrane barrier but you gotta have something to help you cross it over you don't just cross over you need transport proteins to get like <laughs> oh my god i was just thinking mitochondria because you know like that photo of mitochondria where you see like the walls and stuff like that and it's the powerhouse of the cell you know that great meme and stuff like that yes that was exactly thinking yeah so yeah so many things to carry through that membrane and like some of us have much thicker walls than other people mm -hmm. and I feel like I used to have a very thin wall so it was very easy for people to come in and out of this of these circles because I was very open I I, I never I was always what is that word maybe sometimes oversharing And then as I've gotten older, I realized that not everybody needs to know everything. Hmm. So so for me, it was like my main membranes were a bit thin. So now I'm starting to thicken them up to a healthy width. Okay, I really want to get into this like membrane thickness with you, but I'm going to park it for one second. Just remind me to come back to this. I you mentioned that it's easy for people to come in and out like through the membranes and cross, you know, is this a bi-directional membrane or is this a uni? So once you cross over, it's actually harder to go backwards or is it just as easy to go backwards? It's just as easy for them to, I don't know, downgrade themselves in their friendship ring or 
is that once you've crossed over, it actually takes more effort to downgrade. Hmm. From my own experience, it's relatively easy to cross closer to the middle. It's also pretty easy to cross back into the ring. Okay, so it's a bi-directional. Yeah, but once that, (laughs) once you've used up your entry and exit punch card, it's then much harder. I feel like. Okay, so there's like a certain amount of times where you can have easy entry and exit, but once you've used up those passes then it'll be more difficult once they basically you they've you've lost trust in them then to a certain point like you give them certain amount of chances and then you've lost trust then you they revoke their passes are revoked and then it's like well good luck yeah and it could go either way past my membrane bitch (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, or they're like i don't want this pass anymore I want a refund, yeah. right? Like it could go either yeah. way, but yeah, that's essentially my theory. What, yes. Okay. What I find really interesting is you say that your membranes used to be thin and now as you gain wisdom and you become older and you learn more about yourself and life, you are thickening your walls. I find that I'm going the opposite direction. I feel like my walls used to be really thick for all the different levels. And and usually if you're just in one, you're kind of there and it's really hard to cross over either side. However, now I'm learning to let go of those things. And, and I wonder, maybe I do overshare. And I think that is something I need to be more mindful of and ask for permission if I can share I think that's something that I'm trying to practice a lot. But when I am given that permission, then I do feel like I try to practice more vulnerability and authenticity, even with strangers, for example. So it's interesting that like the way you explained how your membranes have changed over time, my membranes have also changed, but they've gone the opposite direction. So that's very intriguing. I think so too because I think when I was listing my example I was also going to say like of course there are also people out there who have very thick membranes and maybe they are working on thinning them because I don't know maybe there's maybe the medium is the healthy one right so do you think there was a turning point for when your membrane started to thin I just, I'm laughing because if anybody starts listening at like this point, they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? I like membranes. We're sticking yeah. with that. It's It's been committed. I think starting this podcast, being vulnerable on the internet, knowing that there's going to be all those people that we've talked about, like from best friends all the way down to strangers are going to be listening to us. And regardless of who the audience is, we are practicing vulnerability every time we hit record, every time we're saying something that's on our mind, every time we are verbalizing our thoughts and emotions and feelings and opinions, knowing that there's going to be judgment out there. But we do it biweekly, every Sunday new episodes and and we do it with 
guests that come onto our show. And majority of the time, we don't really know our guests. We don't have an established friendship with the guests that come onto our show, but we get vulnerable anyways. And they tell us their stories. They tell us their challenges and their struggles and also their their wins and their joys. And I think since starting our podcast together, that has opened me up and allowed me to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and really respect being vulnerable, respecting other people when they're being vulnerable, and also just respecting vulnerability in of itself. And that makes me more comfortable in being vulnerable. Holy shit, count the times that I have said the word vulnerable in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> but it, it has made me feel more comfortable to uh, share things that might be difficult, regardless of where you are in the ring or ladder. So it's others. that, so is it that the practice of being vulnerable that allowed you to thin your membrane? Yes. Because we're getting more, com- I was going to say we're getting more comfortable and then I like stutter trying to say that. So clearly not as comfortable as we think, but because we're doing it more and more, we're practicing it more and more. And then I'm also integrating that into my daily life. Like I'm not just doing this on the show. I, I, I try to do this on social media. I try to do this when I'm talking to a friend. I try to do this when I'm talking to a stranger on the TTC. You know, like I, because I respect the act of being vulnerable and I respect and appreciate it a lot. And I feel very grateful and honored when other people are being vulnerable with me that I would also like to do that same act as well. So the more you practice, the more you do it. Yeah. Or the more you practice, the more you do it. The more you practice it, the more kind of comfortable you you get with it. And then, so therefore it's not just reserved for certain people in my life. I try to do that with all sorts of people in my life, which in turn thins down my membranes for everybody. Right. And then you learn that it's okay to be vulnerable. So more people are able to move closer to you because of that. Yeah, and even if it's not just to me, but maybe move closer to other people in their lives so that they can practice vulnerability, not necessarily like just with me, but like hopefully they can do that with other people so that they can also feel it's okay to share uncomfortable things and not just focus on preserving or cultivating joy with this person. Like it's okay to not always be joyful. Right. Yeah, I totally relate to especially what you said the last few words, like it's okay to not always be joyful. That is that's a big one. And I know we talked about it in the episode with Shervin as well, that 10 out of 10 is not a base five out of 10 is a base or baseline. Yeah, I think for me, the membranes started to thicken, because I realized that I was oversharing as a method of combating the feeling of loneliness. Got it. So coming from a very different angle. Yeah. 
I was just gonna say, I know we have a lot of complimentary like experiences and stuff like that, but this is just another one of those examples where it's like, whoa. <laughs> Which is we so have, great like, because yeah, we need to come from different perspectives, right? Like, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like this is literally the two different sides of it. Yours is you had a very thick, you know, membrane. You were very careful with what you shared because you didn't want people to get too close because you didn't know what it would be like if if they did. It was that kind of fear of being too vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yep. I always felt like if I overshare too much that that information could one day be used against me in some way. So it was like a, all, like a protective thing that mm-hmm. if I get too close with someone or, or share too much about my life, then you never know. In my brain, I'm like, people can change. They can be very friendly one day, and the next day they're, like, going to stab your back. Stab, <laughs> <laughs> stab. That sounded really bleak, but that's, yeah. what I, that's what I would think. So it takes a lot for you to climb to, you know, become, like, a very close friend or, you know, a, a BFF or whatever, however you want to label it. But it takes a lot for you to get – to get to that inner circle because I feel like everybody could be a threat. And I also, it's like, I also don't want to be heartbroken and not just in a romantic way. Like you can, I feel like you can be heartbroken from, from platonic friendships or from familial relationships. Right. And I don't want to invest too much of myself as a protective mechanism. So therefore, my mm. membranes, I was going to say mucus. And I'm like, that's not <laughs> thick mucus. No, And that's why my membranes were so thick because I had trust issues. I, I was overprotecting myself. And I, yeah, I didn't want to give people leverage that could potentially one day be used against me. Thanks for sharing that. That's very vulnerable. <laughs> So I'm not that person anymore. No, but I totally great. interrupted your story. So no, you were no. saying this is it, go, it goes both ways, and I think it it over the over the past couple of years, as I've gotten to know you, it's kind of not. I don't know what the word is, but it's kind of like oh, that's what I thought Christie's experience would be like. So it's like oh, I I, I was right. Not in the sense like, haha, I was right. It's nice to know that like what I perceived as what your whole thing is, is what you perceive it to be too. It makes me yeah, feel like, okay, good. maybe I do know her Yeah. well. And and to be honest, over the two years, of course, we've gotten to know each other even more. Yeah. And I think you know me well too. And I think the reason why... Okay, so back to your point about how you were saying that you it was a it was a mechanism of protection, protecting yourself. I think I was doing the same, which is just funny. It was just it's interesting to see that we were both quote unquote protecting ourselves, but our approaches were very different. Yeah, like our My, end goal was the same, mm-hmm. but the way we did it was com- like literally one eighty. Yeah. Because for me, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to hedge my bets. If I have a lot of friends that are within the circle, in the close circle, if a few of them left, then I'd be fine. Like, it's okay. 
as long as I keep filling this first ring with people, yeah. then it'll never be empty. I think that was my protection mechanism. I would say that most of that happened during my university years. I'm not sure exactly what triggered it. Maybe like the end of my very first relationship ever kind of maybe triggered some abandonment issues that I had, hadn't ever really processed until the last couple of years, right? So because I do remember that it was in university that I cycled through a lot of close friends that I'm no longer. What do you mean by cycle? Like if I hit it off really well with somebody, we'll become really close friends and we'll do everything together. We'll see each other all the time. And then something happens like a like an obstacle in the friendship comes. And but because the friendship came so easily, it was also dropped easily. And it wasn't just on my end. It was both ends. So there was because less time was invested into it that when it did hit a rock of some sort in the friendship, the ship was very fragile and just broke. Hmm. And now in these friendships, was it more just cultivating joy? Like you were saying earlier, like just doing all these joyful things and like avoiding things that could disturb, disturb, disturb or disrupt <laughs> that joy. I was thinking both of those terms at the same time. <laughs> nice. Okay. So then that makes sense because then whenever there's challenges, you've never even had conversations about challenging times. So if there was any sort of tumultuous waters in your friendship, then you don't know how to handle it. Because you've right. never really discussed about anything, quote unquote, negative. Yeah. Even outside so it of it was always yeah. like, oh, yeah, we lost touch. Or like, we we no longer are in touch. Or like, oh, something happened and one person's mad at the other person. We're just going to pretend like we're not friends anymore. Like, And then just like never gets resolved, you know? Never so gets resolved. Like- <laughs> yeah. So for me, that was like a big coping mechanism at that time Mm -hmm. and I guess I never really realized how I might have hurt those people until like the last few years will also hurt you too it's reciprocal yeah no it is don't carry all the blame don't carry all the responsibility no definitely yeah I I know it's mutual but I think what for me was I was just always kind of in denial about it I was just Mm -hmm. like yeah no I didn't hurt them they didn't hurt me just like YOLO life whatever we move on but I think really it comes down to like okay well these were people that you had obviously shared some emotional connection with and you had fun together you hung out together something happened and either like you both didn't have the tool for that kind of yeah like mending the ship (laughs) like ship ship work Keep it up. The analogies just keep coming, everybody. Like, um, it is what it is. It is what it is. And like, so a lot of times you just end up, yeah, end up wrecking the friendship and it just kind of sinks. And yeah, that's that's essentially it. So, so my membrane have thickened over the time because I realized like, hey, I don't need to do that. I don't need to be so driven to make friends like left and right I can just focus on maintaining the friendships that I do have and that'll be enough so we mentioned that there's two types of adult friendships one is making new friends as an adult and we define that as arbitrarily as 25 and up 
and then also maintaining friendships as an adult. So now that we have a better understanding of both of our, I don't know, styles, trajectories. Yeah, I guess styles are <laughs> <or> how <laughs> our trend how line, e- our forecast, how it has evolved, how like how we cultivate friendships have evolved. Um, where are you at? now like how are you putting this into practice into making new friends as an adult because again i feel like that's that's harder of the two i think one of the things that i do now is the advice you gave me a while back and and you're probably like what advice (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) what did i say (laughs) it was when i told you oops it was when I told you I was having some like friendship difficulties and maybe a couple of people were taking on a lot of the emotional burden of, of what was burdening me. And you said that it needs to be like a wider net, you know, like don't focus, don't, don't go to one person or two person or three, two person, don't go to one or two or three people for all problems. You need to kind of like spread that out. So your friends don't get don't burn out. So now I'm doing the same, but with joy. So okay. I, I realized that if I find joy in something, it's not something I have to share with all my close friends. Like I like if it's a great, like if it's like a top grade meme, then I'll like send it to like, you know, everybody. But if it's a good meme, then I'll send it to who I think would appreciate it. So like obviously that's like a very quick example of what I mean. But, but hey, essentially meme sharing, meme sharing is important in terms of friendship maintenance too. So Exactly. That's we're crossing that's into actually friendship key. maintenance territory. But I think, you know, it's it's little things like that that do maintain good relationships and strong relationships. And I like that you're kind of being more selective in what and who you share these memes with because then I feel like whenever I get something from you it's like you're targeting me like you're like you send that specifically to me and so that makes me feel special because now I know oh Angie thought of me when she saw this TikTok and that makes me feel good and I think that in of itself even though I don't I don't tell you until like just now that I feel good oh thank you for thinking of me like I don't ever say that to you on Instagram but that's what I feel when I receive something from you and when I feel that way it strengthens our relationship and our bond whereas I feel like if you were to just mass share it then it's not as targeted then I don't feel as special. It's like business. You got to niche that shit down. You got to talk to the people that actually care, right? That's exactly why I use memes as an example is that you, because you put more thought into sharing that joy. Like you put more thought into who you want to share that joy with. And because of that thought, it strengthens the bond. So, and and I'm trying to do that with like different aspects of my life. So Um, then- Going back, how is this like playing out in terms of making new friends? I keep pushing on this because <laughs> I'm trying to just like first stay organized. And two, I find it really hard to to make new friends. And I think this is something that like I want to learn more about and be more comfortable with making new friends, I suppose. Because I see that in my friend circle a lot of my friends or people in my life that I hold very dearly and love very much 
are people that that have been in my life for a really long time. So now I'm all about the maintenance, right? Like, but making new friends is is scary and challenging. Well, I think you just said exactly the main point of why it's scary and challenging is you have these long-term friends that you hold dear to. So other people do too. So for you to try to penetrate that well-established <laughs> ring. Let me through the membrane. <laughs> it's of course going to be harder. And it's, and it's like, it's going to be harder and it's daunting because you're like, well, what do I have to offer that that person's friends don't already offer? Not that we actually go into a thinking like that, but I think it's very much like subconscious. Like, well, like when you're young, you're like, okay, we need friends. Like you need friends because otherwise life is going to be boring as fuck because you're 13 and your mind's all over the place or you're six and all you want to do is roll around the mud and play on the playground and you just need friends to do that. But when you're an adult, you're kind of like established in a certain routine you have your like you know what your hobbies are you know what you want to do you know what you don't want to do so because it's more selective that way it's harder to make friends that way and that's why it's daunting like I I don't even know why I would want to make new friends right now I'm gonna answer my own question now of how to make friends as an adult and to a personal example of mine even though I was just like how do I make friends I don't know how to make new friends. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, here's an example of how I made new friends. Wow. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I joined a choir in 2019. <gasps> that was when I had Where left knew my... That. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just something like I don't really think about until I think about it. And that was a time when I had left my job. So that network is now less accessible for me. And I had planned on just like traveling a whole bunch. But in the meantime, I wanted to pursue something that I haven't pursued in my life for a while, which was being in a choir. So in school, it's easy to join clubs. It's easy to do sports. It's easy to be in a choir because you just sign up for this shit. And then you're like in a room full of these people who want to do the same thing. But as an adult, you don't really think about that shit anymore, right? You don't think about clubs or your extracurriculars or not maybe not as often as we did back in school. There's actually like an active thought or a cons- conscious decision that you have to make to be like, hey, I actually really miss being a part of a choir, being a part of a group where we just get together and sing and like perform. So now I got to find that again and put that back in my life. So I joined a choir in the summer of 2019. And now I'm in this room full of people, scared shitless, because I'm like, oh, my God, they already know each other. And I'm just like this new kid. And like, how do I break through (laughs) their barriers and their membranes? But, you know, as with anything that's new, that all takes time. But eventually I learned that, holy shit, I would have never met these people because none of them are in my field of work. And they're not all like in my age group, unless we really expand the age group. But if we think about the conventional age group, not everybody is in that similar age group. And, you know, it's really cool that we got together because we love to make music and we love to sing and we have that commonality. And I am now I'm friends with these people, you know. So I think hobbies is a good way to go to make friends as an adult should you want to make new friends as an adult 
And I think that's a choice. Like, it sounds like, Angie, how you describe it, you're like, maybe I don't even want to make new friends. Like, I'm happy with the folks that I've got. And I'm just going to focus on maintaining this friendship and focus on, you know, being more... Being more attentive? Yes. I don't know going off. I'm trying to guess what you're trying to say. (laughs) More thoughtful? More grounded? Intentional. Intentional. Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) 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 Took a while, but hey... (laughs) <laughs> we got there yeah I, I guess it is okay to think like that actually you just said like oh you're you don't even know why you would want your new friend uh, you don't even know why you would want new friends or you're happy maintaining the ones you have and I was like oh yeah I guess that is okay I guess it's not a big deal that I'm like not making new friends like why yeah, should why I not yeah. yeah and and, and it, it's great that you are making new friends and you say you're not good at it but I think you're doing a good job <laughs> Okay, so I say I'm not good at it because I think about my experience in Toronto. So I love, love living in Toronto. But one of the things that come up when I have conversations with people about my experience in Toronto is like, oh, you must have made a lot of new friends. Or even before I left Toronto, they'll be like, oh, it's going to be great. You're going to make a bunch of new friends. You're like super outgoing and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like, I did not make a lot of new friends in Toronto. So now I've already left Toronto. And when people bring that up, like just not like bring it up as in like a conversation topic, but it comes up in a sentence within a conversation like, oh, Toronto, I'm sure it was so great because blah, 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 blah. And you probably made a lot of new friends. I'm just like nodding along like, hmm, (laughs) yes. But then no, I think... Why I'm hanging on to this, like, oh, Chrissy didn't make a lot of friends in Toronto, is that I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've let down people's expectation of what I should have accomplished in Toronto, which is the expectation of like, oh, Christy most likely made a lot of new friends because she's X, Y, Z, you know, and I'm like, oh, but then I didn't. Am I letting people down? Because I didn't meet an expectation that others have of me. Hmm. And when you think of people, who are you imagining that these people, the people that you're letting down, are they in your first ring or are they in your second ring? Or are they in their third ring? I'm glad you asked that because I feel like people in my first ring, I don't know what they think because they don't even ask about you know, are you making friends? Or they don't make an assumption of whether or not I am making friends. Like that's not even part of our conversation. They're like, you better not make any new friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So maybe the people who had those expectations or when that comes up in conversation, maybe they weren't even part of the first circle. Maybe they're like circle ring number two or three. I don't know. I don't know. I really have to like think about this because this just came up now. I'm just making these connections now. I mean, I didn't have any expectations. I mean, one of my expectations was that you were going to stay in Toronto, but it's not an expectation. Like I expected you to. That's just kind of what like I was like, oh, maybe she'll stay in Toronto. Like it's just like, oh, maybe. And what would happen if then? Oh, I'll go visit her. I can stay with her. (laughs) Like these are my thoughts. Right. I think maybe your friends in your first circle don't ask because they don't care they just want you to be happy yeah yeah they don't care 
Like it's yeah. it's not the thing that I care the most was like you actually making the decision to go to Toronto because I'm like, oh my gosh, she's gonna have a great time. Mm. Like not like a hundred percent of the time. You're not gonna be a ten out of ten every day, but I think it'll be for me, it was like, oh my God, it's going to be such a good experience for her mm-hmm. to just like be on her own for a while. Yeah, I think everyone in my first circle had the same thoughts as you, just like very genuinely excited that I'm going to have this new life experience and knowing that it's not just going to be joy, but nonetheless, it's going to be a life experience and it's going to be great. And you're happy for the other person that they're going to be experiencing something great. And exactly. greatness doesn't always mean like joy. Right. It just means it's large and (laughs) something I wanted to point out. (laughs) Friendships can fade and that's okay. Earlier, Angie, you were talking about how back in the day, friends, they came in quickly and they can also leave very quickly. And that's because we didn't have the tools or even the capacity to acknowledge how to repair a friendship or how to talk about challenging things or how to be uncomfortable with someone in an effort to build a stronger relationship. We're just like, whatever, just let it fade, right? And then forget about it. But I do want to say that sometimes friendships do fade, not for the lack of effort, but because they came in in a moment in your life when they were needed and you were needed in theirs. And and your paths crossed, but it's also okay to let them go as well when it's time to let people go. And it's not about them doing something wrong to you or you doing something wrong to them. It just means that your time together has ended and that's okay too. Mm, That's very beautifully put. And definitely as you were saying that a bunch of people flashed in my brain. So yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah, that's very beautiful. I haven't really put it into perspective like that before. Like people say that about relationships before friendships too should be like that because it is, it is an important part of life. And whether you have one friend or many friends, like you're, it's still an emotional investment. And if they leave what in whatever manner that they leave your life, there will be some grieving. And it's okay to just let them go. Yeah. And just cherish that good times and those memories of the times that you have had together. As we go on. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I used to ball, ball the fuck out of my eyeballs. Like, my eyeballs, will. I feel like they're going to roll off of my face from that song all the time. I need to put that shit back on my Spotify playlist. In fact, I need to do that, like, immediately (laughs) after our recording. (laughs) Okay. Brilliant. It's probably super cheesy now that I listen to it again. If I, you know, as a 31-year-old adult woman. But I might actually bawl my eyes out. It's a grieving song. It's a grieving song? Yeah. That's how I I had interpreted it when I was 12 years old in grade 7. Hmm. Interesting. How did you feel about that song? I don't really have that big of an attachment to it. (laughs) And that's okay, too. (laughs) Like, it's. I just remember they played it a lot. And people were like... Oh my god! Like, oh, I'm so sad. Like, I we're gonna go to different high schools, and 
I was obviously jaded. I'm just like, yo, people leave, okay? People yeah. die, so suck it up. <laughs> that was Jesus. probably 12-year-old Angie's perspective. She 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 was she was a bit bitter. She was very jaded, <laughs> so she was a very jaded little girl, so it's, it's I honestly think that song just like summed up what I was trying to say. Like people come and go and we just need to remember the the relationship that we had. Yeah. I mean one of the one of the lyrics for the song is like where we're gonna be when we turn twenty five. So that is a great callback for the beginning of this episode where we said adult friendships is beyond the age of twenty five. So just, so it's not just us generalizing. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We have come around full circle and it was completely unplanned. And so we talked all night about the rest of our lives, where we're going to be when we turn 25. That's what grade seven Christy would have been thinking about, where grade seven Christy and her friends are going to be when they're 25. Oh, my gosh, she's going to cry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Christy's going to cry. So much feels. So much feels from this episode. Who knew? Okay, then again, we say that about every single episode. <laughs> but that's the fun about these, you know, recording an episode because you kind of don't know where you're going to end up at the end yeah, of it. That's right. Kind of like life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to plug that in there. Hey, Poop Troops, you're probably more than halfway into the show, and we just want to thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please consider giving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. We love hearing from you, and it's what motivates us to make the show. If you're curious about mental health resources curated for Asian millennials, basically stuff Angie and I find helpful, visit our website at www.shitwedonttellmom.com. That's one giant word, shitwedonttellmom.com. The best way to support our show is by sharing the episode with a friend. If you would like to get us a cup of coffee or a bubble tea, there is also a link to do that in the show description or on our website. All right, that's enough for now. Enjoy the rest of the show. We didn't really touch on friendship maintenance. Because we, we both said, I don't know, I'm still working on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still working on friendship maintenance. Sometimes if a friendship dissolves for whatever reason, that can that's okay as well. You sometimes you just need to let people go. Exactly. And this episode was us starting a conversation about something that was not uncomfortable but unfamiliar. Cuz we like you said, we haven't really thought about this before. We kind of start we started to realize some certain things as we spoke about these experiences. So it was kind of like a discovery conversation, you know, for mm-hmm. us as well. So Because sometimes in some of our episodes, we come in and we know exactly what we want to talk about because we are so well-practiced in that topic. By well-practiced, I mean, we've just talked a lot about it <laughs> already <laughs> outside of the podcast. But this topic is like, it's not really that talked about. It's not. It's not like it's a taboo topic. It's not like things we've talked about like menstruation and masturbation and religion and, and whatever else. You know, it's it's not like some of the topics we've mentioned before where it's quote unquote uncomfortable to talk about. 
this one's uncomfortable in a different sense. Like it's so mm-hmm. universal, but we don't really talk about it in this perspective. We just kind of try to always put a positive spin on friendships, but sometimes it's okay to grieve it or just let it go and just realize that it did matter and that you don't need to pretend like it didn't to feel to absolve yourself of any guilt or anything like that that was so well said was it yeah i i think we're just gonna fucking end the episode there because like let's end on a high note and that's it for our episode about adult friendships and uh, how to make new friends and how to maintain or just how to have a conversation about those (laughs) how to have a conversation about how to make friends and how to maintain friends yeah so we hope you enjoyed the episode and poop troops maybe now it's like Find some people in your number one ring and talk about adult friendships. Yeah. It's something we don't talk about very often. Have yeah. fun. Let them, yeah, let them know how much you care. And send some like targeted memes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Shit We Don't Tell Mom podcast with Christy and with Angie. Get that uncomfortable shit out in the open with your partner, a dear friend, a trusted family member, and with us. And as much as we love talking, we also love to listen. Hit us up with any feedback or topics you'd like us to chat about on Instagram at Shit We Don't Tell Mom or email us at Shit We Don't Tell Mom at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Bye! Bye. I know it's weird that we only have a one hour time zone difference right now. Yeah. We've spent oh the last year being three hours apart. Sometimes five years apart. I mean, five years apart. What? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> five hours apart. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>